0: You know, what's exciting. No,
1: I'm looking is at exciting.
0: Court board and my laziness has finally paid off. That moment where you realize you just procrastinated and <laughs> delayed long enough that something came full circle. Yeah, circle. <laughs> <laughs> something came full circle. I'm looking at this little flyer from Edible,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the Edible magazine, and it's in season this fall. It's been up since last fall. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because I like the way they lay it out and the photos of the use of the food and stuff. But it's a great little reference to fall produce because I was looking at some photos online and thinking about like what other items could we be talking about? And the the natural one that we didn't really discuss is roasted root vegetables. Now is the oh. season for roasted root vegetables, but also things like leeks that I was like as soon as I saw the picture, I'm like, oh yeah, no shit. I've leeks this time of year are awesome. A, a cream of leek soup, and that is something that most people are probably not familiar with, but can be delicious. But you're going down this list, and I'm going to only hit a couple of the highlights and a couple of unique ones. Brussels sprouts are not necessarily unique, but I did not grow up with good Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. I grew up with frozen Brussels sprouts that my dad steamed too long, right. were always gritty and mushy, and he swears that's the way they were supposed to be cooked. Until <laughs> I moved out here and had roasted fresh Brussels sprouts with bacon and onions, I was like, Oh my God! This is not even the same vegetable. Well, how, where did this come from?
1: Right. So you put them, um, you put them in a pan, um, oil side, cut them, and then um, broil them too. You know, I mean, there's there's so many ways to to treat those where they're just so delicious,
0: right? Yep. Let's
1: uh, talk a little bit real quick about
0: fennel. I did not realize that I would like fennel. I didn't know much about fennel until, again, California has an. Abundancy of produce and just agriculture in general. I was on a farm tour yesterday at McGrath Family Farm here in Camarillo. And we are talking about how the environment and climate of Southern California, especially the central coast, provides opportunity for growth year long. And we actually are one of the only areas that can support all the major biomes of the world in terms of like growth and agriculture. Because we've got this proximity to the, you know, the arid deserts, mm-hmm. but also we've got this ocean breeze, and there's all these temperate, tem- uh, moderate temperatures and temperate climate. So we can actually mimic other seasons and locations depending on how we treat, you know, the plants that are and the the produce that we're growing. What else is fun on this list? Let's you know, see. And Persimmons. Dip- oh, sorry.
1: Well, and as you talk about, like, um, fennel, like, fennel grows wild here. So if you're out anywhere and you see, um, especially out, um, like, on the running paths where I'm at, it's just out here everywhere, and it has to be cut down It's a weed. I mean, it grows four or five feet tall, um, and you can always tell when they cut it down because there's this faint waft of, of black licorice in the air. Yep. And I
0: actually, um, depending on how heavy the... Fennel population is in that area where they've cut I think the black licorice for me can be a little nauseating Because it can be really yep. intense Right, But uh, it is fun when it's roasted fresh Or chopped up thin into salads I was just mentioning persimmons My mother Loves persimmons I didn't know my mother loved persimmons Until she visited in California And talked about loving persimmons Because I don't remember eating persimmons growing mm-hmm. up I'm like where, did, where were you hiding this Secret love affair of persimmons You know growing up in Indiana But Now that I've experienced them, they're this awesome mix of apple and like pear and peach, like there's all these different other fruits that are familiar for me when I bite into a good uh, persimmon, but there's two particular varietals, and I don't know if you like yours crispy or, or mushy, Curtis, what's your direction?
1: Well, I like mine when they don't taste like chalk. so um, <laughs> so I, I'm not I'm not picky as to whether crunchy or 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 soft, but if you don't get them, if you if you if you don't eat them when they're ripe, then you'll know it immediately.
0: Yeah, so they uh, there's two really that are typically marketed. And that's the chia and the Fuyu. I'm a Fuyu kind of person that's a non- astringent variety. and again, I like mine a little crunchier. I don't like them when they get soft and mushy on the inside. Um, so I I gravitate towards the you for sure.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: You mentioned uh, gourds and things. Butternut squash and spaghetti squash are interesting opportunities, Curtis.
1: Uh, yeah, they are. What well, we what for kind of for, for for for, for, uh, for other people? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> if I had if I had to push you into a pairing, we're not going to do that though. Oh. I do want to go one more, and we do need to get some kind of beverage pairing to go with it. Because this one is, it's a dangerous fruit for me, for a couple of reasons. So let's talk persimmon, or uh, not persimmons. Um, God, I'm getting all turned around. Let's talk about pomegranates. Mm. What beer, what <sighs> beverage are you putting with a pomegranate, and how are you going to consume it?
1: Wow. Um, so you couldn't have picked a squash. Like I can pick plenty of beers that go with a squash <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's any beer because it helps to wash the squash away. But for, <laughs> but for, but for pomegranates, like, um, I like pomegranates, but the thing is, is I can't, um, I can't stand having to chew around the seeds. So I don't eat them very often because I just can't h- handle them getting caught like in my molars, you know? And then I just, but I do, I really do like the flavors. Um, Wow. Uh, I'm thinking probably because that's such a dark, um, like a tart, bright flavor. I'm looking for something that's going to be dark, um, perhaps like a, a Belgian quad, um, a little spice Ooh, maybe. And then a, uh, ma- not... maybe a little chocolatey, but but then that the, the bright would help to kind of balance.
0: I'm super maybe. intrigued by that because I did not foresee you going to that end of the spectrum. I thought you would have stayed more in the lighter direction like we were talking about with... Um, You know, maybe a a Pilsner or I liked your um, concept of the, um, like the Belgian direction with maybe even a Cezanne or, you know, obviously there are a lot of wild ales and sours out Mm -hmm. these days that are playing with the the pomegranate, but I'm intrigued by this darker, darker direction. Like, uh, what if we even did a pomegranate porter? Right.
1: Yeah, no. See, I it think, like, so yeah. So,
0: cake. Where is Anastasia when we need her?
1: Right. Absolutely. And and I think uh, you know the the one the, the uh, one of the reasons why I thought about that was just that pomegranate is such a strong flavor too. And so uh, you know we don't have to worry about overpowering the pomegranate flavor. That uh, I don't think we have to worry about it too much. I mean I think it can happen. But um, so maybe maybe a Belgian quad is too high. Like maybe that's pushing it too far well let's go the triple then let's bring it a notch down well uh then i'm th- but it's not as dark and heavy i think and, and no I'm... but
0: at least you're getting the third base curtis <laughs> right. for the triple uh,
1: okay i'll, I'll <laughs> go as far as i can get with this one and, and we'll see but i think uh i think uh um maybe um i'm thinking like a baltic porter one that's a, a little heavier um a little chocolate not quite as roasty but still in that in that range
0: Try it out and let us know. All right,
1: there